But if the profit isn't there, then that's a big red flag. And there's only so long that you can keep working on a certain pillar of your business or revenue stream if the profit isn't there. Welcome to Scaling Simplified. A weekly conversation diving into our knowledge of teams, finance, strategies, and startups to help you scale to seven figures and keep your freedom. I'm Pip. And I'm Georgia. And between us, we have over 20 years of experience in big corporates and small startups to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Scaling Simplified podcast. Today we are talking about something that I absolutely love doing at this time of the year. And as everybody's getting into the festive spirit and preparing for the holiday season, this is where I like to get my notepad out and really dive in to what's been going on this year and carry out an end of year review. And I think it's so easy because life is so busy and fast paced, right? Isn't it? When we run a business, it's really easy to just stop and forget about looking back and just like go straight into the new year, full steam ahead and not actually have the chance to sit back and reflect on what went well and what didn't go well. And so this is why I really love to try and get this in before I dive into the holidays and really take the time to think about what's happened and celebrate some of it as well because we've been busy this year haven't we Georgia and I think it's too easy for us to actually just dive into the next year without even thinking what went well this year. You're so right I think we spend so much time as entrepreneurs like looking for like got to get this done I've got to move into the next thing I've got to get that achieved that we don't really take the time to sit down and look back at how far we've come the progress we've made over the course of the year and give ourselves a chance to celebrate all that sort of thing like we really really don't do that enough and I also think before we can even start to set goals for the new year we need to really think about what happened this year let's review it what went well what did we enjoy it's going to help us make decisions going forward and just really make sure that we're actually moving in the right direction because you could have been working really hard towards a project and actually if you don't sit down and review it now it might be three to six months into the new year before you realize that it's not serving you or you don't enjoy it or it's not taking you where you want to go so it's a great opportunity to get really clear on what's working what's working really well what's assay working could do with some improvement and the things that you want to dramatically change next year so Pip I would love to know how do you get started with reviewing your year great question so I'm definitely a a write things down type of person or more actually doodle on my whiteboard type person Um, which is funny because I'm not much of a journaler in real life I'm more of a verbal processor but I think there's something about getting the old whiteboard out and scribbling things down and just kind of getting that feel for everything that's happened and seeing it out in front of you everything that you've achieved in the the last year and really kind of taking through step by step I also often will have conversations with other entrepreneur friends with my coach with certain family members just to kind of also get a bit of their input on things I think sometimes when you know like we said we're so busy we're always looking forward sometimes it's those friends those family members our coaches that really are able to hold the mirror up and actually show us what has gone well or things that maybe haven't gone as well as we thought they had but in that classic positive attitude we can do this and push through anything type entrepreneurial spirit 
maybe we haven't quite remembered just much how much we didn't enjoy that moment when everything was happening, you know, back in July. So I think sometimes as well, it's good to have a few conversations and take those conversations into that sitting down time. And I also think for me personally, I like to really make sure that I blocked out some time for this. You know, coming back to a busy, you can't rush this exercise. Like you do have to take time to think back and reflect back. So going somewhere quiet, maybe going somewhere new. I often quite like to go to a little cafe and get myself a hot chocolate and a piece of chocolate cake. I know you can hear see a theme here, but a little bit of sugar, a nice new environment and my journal and just start thinking things out. And and know as well that, you know, it doesn't all have to happen in one afternoon. I can start coming, you know, looking at this and then and then come back to it a few days later once I've had a chance to process. I think sometimes when you start thinking, you then like a week later, then get more thoughts because you've opened your brain back to thinking about something. And, you know, often you need that just processing time, don't you? Yeah, definitely. It's that classic start the brain thinking and then your best ideas will come to you as you're out for a walk or in the supermarket, you know, browsing the cheese aisle. You're suddenly like, oh, yes, that's the bit that I've loved or I want to change. So it's kind of quite good to do it in two parts, like pull together the information you need, give your time, your brain a bit of time to process it and then come back and actually evaluate it or see maybe what's bubbled up to the surface in terms of this didn't go quite so well and you're starting to become a little bit more honest with yourself about where that maybe was going wrong or didn't suit you or didn't happen as well as it can so when it comes to the actual business evaluation how how do you work through this Pip? So I like to think about things in like different areas of the business and really break it down into like the different pillars of your business. So the first thing I generally start with will be my product. So if you're a product-based business, this is literally your actual products or suite of products. If it you're a service-based business or if you're a coach, it is your product that you sell. So your service offering, your coaching package, it might be your membership, whatever that that service or product is that you're selling. And then really diving into, okay, what worked really well this year? What did I enjoy doing? What went smoothly? What worked in terms of like operationally, financially? Which bits really worked? Which bits do people really resonate with? And then also looking at the side of things which didn't go so well. So like what was broken there? Maybe there was something that you launched that just was a bit of a flop or you just hit the mark. And although it's something you really want to get out there and you really believe that people want, maybe your customers just didn't warm to it in the same way that you really thought they would. So it's just being really honest about that and thinking what went well, what didn't go well. You know, maybe you had a service offering, you had a program, and although you really enjoyed leading it, actually delivering it was really quite hard it was quite complex it was quite hard to keep everybody on track running through the curriculum together or maybe you launched a certain type of product and actually getting the right product to the right person was really hard because you had too many too many color options for people and actually what you should have done is gone you know what we're going to have a black version and a blue version and people can just pick one of those and we're having it in this number of sizes as opposed to trying to cater to everyone and everything and actually that meaning that things got a little bit sticky and and tricky for you. So I really think it's just taking that step back and thinking from that product space, what worked well and therefore stuff you should definitely take into the next year. 
and which bits were broken. And either it's we really need to reevaluate how we're doing this, or maybe we need to reevaluate whether we're even going to do this. Yeah, I love that because things don't have to continue. Like you can take the brave decision and think, do you know what the the pros of this, like the cons are actually outweighing it. So maybe it's time to either completely change it or leave it. And I think that also leads into looking at how our sales are working because sometimes that product isn't working because of the funnel that's coming into it. So the product could be good and maybe we've had, you know, two or three great clients through that that sort of system, but we haven't had enough clients through to match the level of energy that's going into it. So then we're looking at the sales funnel. Like, is it converting? What's the nurture sequence like? Where are we losing people in this process? And really thinking about, actually, if I want to scale this business further next year, which sales funnel is working the best? And do I want to double down on that? Maybe one funnel is working really well, but it's not the product that you love. It's not the thing that lights you up. So what can you take from that funnel and move into the product that is lighting you up and kind of switch it around that way? Also, in terms of the sales, we're thinking about, you know, where are clients coming from? What are the avenues that they're coming in from? What's working well? Again, how do we double down on that? And if you are bringing those clients in, but they're perhaps not quite converting, perhaps you're really good at conversions in the DMs, but not so good on the sales calls, or you have a lot of people not showing up for sales calls, like looking at where are the numbers that maybe you improved over the course of the year, which is amazing. Celebrate that and look at actually, I'm getting so much better at this because I know my stuff more. So what could you target for the next year in terms of your sales conversions? You could be looking at the percentages of people that sign up for your webinar or how long they watch your webinar for. Like, how can we improve those things? So again, it's just looking at what's working really well, because sometimes we don't take that time to like pull apart all the different segments. And actually you could have a funnel that was working brilliantly apart from one bit. And if you fix that bit, it will massively impact the rest of it. Then perhaps we're also looking at how we're talking about that product. So maybe you've had a couple of people that have had great results from the product, but They've come to you, maybe not through your landing page, through word of mouth, and you don't seem to be getting any conversions from your website or, you know, abandoned carts or whatever it is. And is it because your landing page is not doing you justice? It's not speaking for the amazing results your clients have had. So how can you alter that and refresh that or change it? Or maybe higher in the in the following year to bring some in some expertise into the business to help you make that better. You know, if that's the bit that's broken and it's not where your skill set is, how can you look for another solution to fixing that? Yeah, one thing I loved about what you said then was looking at the data and seeing if there was an improvement. Because I think we often look at our data each month and go, okay, we're trying to head towards this goal. So are we moving towards this goal or not? But what we don't do, as you said, is look back over the whole course of the year and go, actually, look how much we've improved or look how much this website conversion rate has improved or our traffic's improved or whatever it might be that, you know, whatever KPIs you track in your business. And I think that's so important. And I think, as you say, it's just that time to look back at the data and go, okay, really what is working? Not that gut feeling. Like when I look at the numbers over the course of the year, 
what's working has there been some seasonality was it that you know I was really good at posting on Instagram or TikTok at the first half of the year so I got lots of customers in through organic media or I started lots of DMs and then actually you know I had a really busy summer and so I you know wasn't showing up or you weren't promoting your products on Instagram enough and therefore sales dropped or what might have you so I think it's really taking that step back isn't it and going be really realistic did I put that effort in at that point in the sales funnel or whatever touch points you have so you know what to take into next year and I think from that product perspective like if you're selling products really looking at your traffic sources throughout the year and making sure that you've actually listened and looked at where they're coming from and not all just thought that they're coming from the th- place that you think they're coming from so you really then can take that into your marketing going forwards next year I think for services we often have a better idea of our sales funnel because it's a very tactile sport isn't it when you're selling for a service-based business you, you know you're talking to potential customers you're in the dms you're getting people on sales calls but if you're selling a product or if you're selling digital products you don't often have that communication with the customer. So taking the time to look at that sales funnel, put a feedback survey out if you need, you know, need to be and really try and take that data and so you can figure out what's working for you. And then moving on from that, that really sort of comes to what's happened with your marketing and it will really affect what you want to do with your marketing next year. But how did your marketing help with your sales funnel how did you help get people in the top how did you help bring that traffic in and then bring people through and nurture them in so you know did you have lots of success with your social media did you find that there was a specific place on social media or type of social media that you really enjoy doing maybe you love making reels or tiktoks or maybe you've actually really leaned into long form content and actually you started a podcast or a blog and you actually really enjoy doing that and that's where you found that people were coming finding you and then working their way through the sales funnel and I think it's just that opportunity to really consider what has worked and sometimes that is as you say referrals you know, do you know how many people have been referred to you? Or is it that you just suddenly got a few new clients from somewhere? You know, are you actually tracking where people or customers are coming from? And so I think this is the opportunity to really just sit and make sure you've got that. Because as we know, things like referrals are a huge missed opportunity for most people because we're not actively asking people to recommend our services or we're not asking people you know I've helped you is there anyone else you can think of that I should be put in contact with that I might be able to support their business or a product my product might really support them so I think it's taking a step back and and looking at that and then from a an econ perspective if you're selling things online maybe it's looking at your pay-per-click you know so much has changed from a Facebook ads perspective with the all fallout with Apple and Google pay-per-click has gotten more expensive. There's been so much change within the world of influencer marketing is more and more people become influencers. And we've had this move from macro influencers down to micro influencers. So it's really, again, starting to look at that data and think, okay, what was actually working? Maybe something worked really well two years ago. And in our head, we still think that works really well. But actually this year, if you look at the data, you might be quite surprised about where your customers and your clients come from. I think this is such a huge part of the marketing piece because 
for so many businesses that are looking to scale, this is the biggest bottleneck. It's either attracting new leads or converting those into sales. And actually, if you can even get 10% better at that, the knock-on effect is incredible. So at this point, you might be thinking, okay, my budget is going to be spent slightly differently next year. Perhaps you've got a bit more money in the bank following this year because you've done well. So you can actually rethink how you're planning out your marketing and think, do you know what? I know that I need to attract more leads. I know that the way I'm going about my Facebook advertising is not quite cutting it. I need to bring in an expert. Or actually, there's a lot of peak traffic coming through, but the sale just isn't happening. Is it that I need to bring in a content specialist to really get that message home to the client? Or is there something else that you need to do? Do you need someone in the DMs, like reaching out to people? Is that something that just gives you the ick and you're just not quite able to do it yourself? Like perhaps you're thinking, do you know what? If I could put a bit more money into that, this is really where my bottleneck is. I've nailed the delivery now. I've got the capacity to take on more clients. I need to get this sorted. So yeah, I think it's not just looking at what's going well, but actually for the bits that aren't going as well as we'd like, who could you bring on? What can you afford to spend on making that better? And and that sort of filters into the whole operations, really. You know, what's running smoothly in the business at the moment? What are you enjoying? What's going to plan? What's stressing you out at the last minute? You know, it could be, as you say, to do with your marketing. Maybe you took a long summer, you were off on holiday a lot, you were traveling around and you had all the best intentions of posting onto your socials whilst you're away and on holiday, hands up if you're like nodding along in the background, like that was definitely me heading off to wherever I was going for two weeks saying to myself, I am definitely, it will take me no time. I'm definitely going to make some reels of the lovely views of the beach that I'm by. And it just totally didn't happen. No judgment from us. I did exactly the same. So maybe you're thinking, okay, this year, I know what happens in the summer. I get busy, I neglect it, and I can see from last year's figures that that sales dropped. So what am I going to do about that this year? How can I plan for that now to think, right, I need to take someone on for the summer to take this over from me, to make a plan, whatever it is. Perhaps you're also looking at how you're using your different pieces of software, like what's working for you? Have you tried out a few different systems and now suddenly you seem to have eight different things running concurrently? Could you actually bring things together and make it a bit smoother? Like what could you do around your delivery? This is also really interesting and it goes back to a conversation we were actually just having before we came on air around you know, different clients need different support from us. And the longer that you do things, the more you realize you maybe need to alter the model dependent of the type of client that you're working with. So actually you might be delivering something brilliantly, but perhaps it's around just adding these extra little bits to help the client see how well they're doing on their journey as well. So what could you bring in in terms of that clip delivery? How could you ask clients what, what you could do better or how you could help them perform better in their work? And I imagine there's areas of this that you need to think about in the product process as well. Is that right, Pip? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thinking about, you know, has your product fulfillment gone smoothly or did it actually turn out that you got a whole load of orders? And I mean, I say this, you know, we're not that far gone from Black Friday, etc. And the holiday, I'm sure as most product business know, this is generally a pretty crazy time of the year. You know, actually next year, do you want to hire somebody to come and help you do this? Or do you need to bring some temp stuff in just to help you get orders out the door in time so you then don't have customers going hello where's my package I was expecting delivery and you know then you need more people to help with customer services and you you kind of felt like you've been on the back foot because you're slow to get stuff out so you're slow to respond to people and everything's holding you up so it's really looking back and going okay where did that work really well where did it not you know, looking at your returns process, how many returns are you getting with a, a particular product that seemed to be returned a lot over other products, in which case, you know, have you made sure that your marketing and your messaging around that is correct on your website? Have you made sure that the returns process is really clear and simple and easy, not only for the customer, but for you to manage on the other end? And have you managed to keep enough stock in place all year? What sold really well and actually what products are really hard to to keep stocked appropriately? Maybe it's hard to source them or maybe it's really slow to source them. So sort of taking that information and starting to think about, okay, what was really easy here? And what actually was really hard work, and I didn't make many sales for this area or this type of product. And actually, maybe that means that going into next year, I don't want to deal with that hassle. We're just going to get rid of it or we're going to do something else. And, you know, I think this really, you know, comes to your finances as well. We can look at where revenues come from, which products, which services brought in the most revenue. What were your margins on those different services and products? You know, where's the profit coming from? Because it's all fine and well, bringing in loads of revenue. But for me, and I don't know about you, Georgia, I see you nodding away here, but I also like to know that I'm bringing in profit. So actually, if I'm working really hard on something and the margins are really low and I'm spending most of my time there, actually, maybe I want to think about working on the other thing that I'm offering where the margins are much higher and it's using less of my time. And, you know, just having the chance to sit and think about that. And I think also with our finances, this is a good time of year to sit back and kind of reassess where we are with our cash, you know, where we are with our savings for tax. If we've got a team, are we doing okay in terms of payroll? You know, we're we're meeting our payroll requirements and it's not that stress every month where we're thinking, oh heck, where am I finding the money to pay X, Y, Z? And really starting to just make sure, have that little health check around our finances and ask ourselves, what would make life easy next year compared to this year? Or actually, what's gone really well this year? And I've got a little bit of cash in the pot here, or we made some extra money here. How can I make more of that money next year? And also then utilize this cash that I've created, this profit that I've created into, as you say, hiring the right team members, getting the right support, whatever that looks like to you. And I mean, there is obviously certain you know, industry specific things, or if you have a service-based business, you might be looking at failed payments. And if you've been chasing up certain customers all the time because their payments aren't being made on time, or you maybe don't have a great process in place, or maybe that's gone really well this year. And, you know, if you have a product-based business, you might be thinking, okay, I brought in a lot of cash this Q4, but I know I'm going to have some really big stock purchases to make when we move into 2024. So actually, Am I putting that cash aside in the right place? Did I make enough cash to be able to, you know, meet these big invoices that I'm going to have? You know, how did the whole importing work? Was it really smooth for me? Was it not? Just, just really, I think, taking that step back and going, okay, what worked well? What didn't go well? 
And most importantly, is the area that I'm is making me the most money an area of the business that I like. I enjoy working in, I want to do more of, and therefore next year I can kind of throw myself more in that bit that's working and scale the business that way. Or is it that actually the bit that's making me money, I'm feeling loads of resistance and it's really hard and the team's not working and everything else. And actually maybe I need to rethink how I'm bringing revenue into my business. (laughs) I mean, that is a big topic, isn't it? But... (laughs) It's true. It's really true. You do actually have to look at these bits because it's all very well enjoy really enjoying elements of our work and getting totally stuck in and immersed. But if the profit isn't there, then that's a big red flag. And there's only so long that you can keep working on a certain pillar of your business or revenue stream if the profit isn't there. And I think even just thinking about how you're putting that effort into that revenue stream is important as well. For example, you mentioned things like failed payments. If you are spending a lot of time in the business yourself chasing failed payments, that is cutting into your profit margin because your time is probably more valuable than chasing that. So then how can you rethink how you're delegating things, how your team are working on things based on their skill set, their pay level versus the value of the task, if that makes sense. So obviously failed payments is important, but if you're spending two hours in there a week when you could be spending two hours at your coaching rate, it doesn't make sense. Interrupting our own episode to bring you the exciting news of brand new Scaling Simplified VIP days. If you are ready to simplify scaling to seven figures, this is the day for you. Together, we will deep dive into your team, finance and operations so that we can create your bespoke step-by-step scaling strategy. For more information, check out the link in the show notes. We've recapped on a few things there. I'm just going to go back over the, the areas that we talked about. We've got product, we've got sales, we've got marketing, we've got operations, finances, and then that sort of brings us on to team really, which is thinking about, you know, what's working really well in the team, what's working well Firstly, as I'm doing as the business owner, I think that's the place to start first, then start thinking about, okay, which are the bits that are actually niggling now? You know, they're draining my energy a little bit. What can I start to delegate out? And if I'm delegating that to this person, how is their workload now looking? You know, how does that fit with their zone of genius, their zone of excellence? Are there actually tasks on their list that they're overqualified to do? Do we need to think about delegating out further? You know, is everyone in the right job? Are they doing their job? Which is kind of a different question. So really thinking about like how that team communication's going, how you feel about the direction everyone's heading in, and also thinking about the reviews that you've done with them. Like how are they feeling about where they're going? And how does that maybe fit in with, with what you're thinking and, and where where things are going. You might decide that actually there's stuff that you could start to delegate outside of the business. We talked earlier about how important that marketing element is, like bringing in new leads, converting the sales. Is that something that you need to start outsourcing to a specialist? You know, In terms of the service that you're delivering, do you need to bring in other things? Therefore, do you need to bring in other coaches or other service providers to deliver a, a fuller package that you're hoping to give to your clients? Like, what do you need to look at to make, to bring things to the next standard that you're aiming for? And who and how are you gonna do that? And I assume also, 
this relates to the product side as well. You know, if you're trying to deliver a, a bigger product or a different product or change the fulfillment, how would that work, Pip? Yeah, again, you need to think about have I got the right number of people? Have I got the amount of support? If it's just you literally like packing packages and sealing the envelopes and sending them off, maybe, as you know, you said before, that's not something that's, you know, it's a bit above your pay grade as the boss. And actually maybe you need to think about where you can get more support doing that, whether it's in-house or outsourcing. And I think as well, thinking about your customer services and I mean, customer services, I think is a really important thing across the board to like stay on top of, especially once you start delegating this out. And I think this is something we actually delegate often out quite early. We might get someone in our DMs helping us if we're service-based, you know, if you're product-based, it's certainly something that you're going to offload as fast as possible, but really trying to understand from our customer and our client perspective, our potential client perspective as well, especially for service-based businesses is what are the key issues? What what questions keep on coming up about what we're offering? Are we signposting the information correctly? Is our messaging correct? Or are people kind of a bit confused about what we're offering or what we're selling? You know, are we operationally doing this in a smooth way? You know, are we keeping a track of emails or inquiries coming in and responding to everything in a timely manner? You know, do we know why things are being returned? I think it's just that sort of general sense check with the customer as well, because I think it's really easy for us to look at the business, speak to our team, but actually our customers and our clients are essentially the reason that our business is still here today. So it's really getting their feedback as far as we possibly can and trying to understand from their perspective what's working really well and what's not. Because sometimes that's really surprising. You know, things that we think might be a bit of a hot mess. Actually, our clients are like, this was amazing. You nailed this. And actually, so it's it's more just figuring out the system for ourselves. It's not that the system's broken. It's just not working for us, you know, but it's really good that we we know that information. So once we've dived through those seven areas looking at our business, so just a quick recap, your products, your sales, your marketing, your operations, your finances, your team, and then what your customers have to say. I know I then like to look at my role and kind of my part of the business. Now, Georgia, I know you are amazing at this and helping people figure this out and especially then build out their team to support this. But how do you go about assessing your own role within the business and how it's how it's worked this year absolutely so important so this is sort of that first stage was almost kind of keeping you a little bit separate from it just looking at how it's all running but then we need to look at the part that we are playing within our business what we're trying to do is we move into a scaled business get away from this job that we've created for ourselves so we're actually trying to get away from some of this day-to-day so what I'm first doing is looking at all the different elements, actually putting them into a list of all the things that have been involved in my role this year. Getting that down on paper, everything that I've got involved in, and then thinking to myself, actually, which are the bits that I enjoy? Maybe going down that list and circling or highlighting the bits that you really like. And then looking at the stuff that actually really drained your energy, it might not even be complicated, but it was just annoying that you had to think about it. And that can be as simple as having to give a to-do list to a team member or having to check in on a certain thing or having to even worry about X, Y, and Z in the business. And I would go through and just kind of highlight in a different color those things that are actually not things that I enjoy, 
unnecessary burdens on me in the business. Then I would probably spend a bit of time thinking about in a perfect world in this next year, where would I like to head within the business? So I'm talking big picture here, like out of the fine detail, what are the main parts of the business that I would want to manage the outcome of, be in control of, or really be a part of. Maybe there's just three to five bits that you're thinking, these are the bits that I want my year to really revolve around. So once we've got that, and we've got an idea of what doesn't fall into it, we can start to think about, okay, what should I be handing over then? Like what doesn't fit into these big things? What can I start to think about finding a new solution for? And I think the big change is every year that we're doing this, we're 12 months further down the line. So we're 12 months more comfortable with handing over elements of our business. So a year ago, you might have been saying, I can't hand over my social media. Nobody is going to describe my business and what I do the way that I do it. 12 months on, you're like, take the social media. I know that you can do it. And in fact, I'm going to start handing over my sales calls as well, because I think that you can tell my future clients the value of my program just as well as I can. So gradually we get more and more confident in our team. We get more and more confident with other people in the world being able to do the things that we do. And we start to find that we want to hand over more of those day-to-day activities because we're now aiming bigger. We're aiming for something else in the business. We're feeling more confident about stepping up as CEO. We're feeling more confident about being a specialist in one small area of our business and actually saying, do you know what? I can hand over that rest. Like I've got this amazing team that's proved that they can do X, Y, and Z, you know, this year. I'm going to give them more. They can run with this. And I can find other people that are just as great to come in and support in these other areas. So one of the other things we're reflecting on is how far we've come as a leader in our business and thinking, do you know what? 12 months ago, I was struggling to hand over control of my diary. And now I've got people running so many elements of my business and I don't even have to get involved in it. And they're incredible and I wouldn't be without them. And it now means I can go and do this, that and the other. So I think so much of the review is seeing, you know, this is something that I was really reluctant to hand over. And now this person is actually doing better than I ever did at doing that element of the business. So what else can I tackle? You know, what else can I hand over this year? I love this. It's so funny, isn't it? That actually when we we look like week to week or month to month, we can't possibly imagine getting to the place that, you know, we're going to get to. And then you look back 12 months and you suddenly realize just how far you've come and just how far the business has come. And it's never often felt like that many massive steps. It's always just been like one little foot in front of the other and just keep on poddling forwards. And so I love doing that and looking back and, you know, just really reflecting on actually what's changed and how much you've changed as well. And 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 really take that time to go, okay, well, if I've changed this much, then what are we going to be like at the next, you know, the end of next year? Okay, so once I have looked at my business and then looked at my role, I also like to do my little satisfaction test. 
I feel like there should be a, a way more fun name for this, but I don't have a fun name. So if you have a fun name, please DM me and let me know. But essentially it's my little like check-in on actually how happy am I with the business? And what I tend to do with this is rate things on a scale of one to 10 and try and be quite practical about this because I'm quite a practical person. I quite like sort of a very step-by-step -step process. I like to be like, okay, this is working. What am I gonna do? Here's some actual action steps, not just talking about the theory. And for me, this helps me be very kind of actional about this. So for each area of the business, and I'm going to run through some different questions that you should be looking at. From one to 10, I rate how I'm feeling about this in my business. And then I ask myself, okay, what do I need to do to get, you know, if I was a five, what am I going to do to get to a six? Like, what would that look like? And then that just gives me that little opportunity to go, okay, well, I know where I'm going to move forwards you know, moving forwards next year, I know what things I'm going to focus on. I'm not trying to go from five to 10, because that's quite overwhelming. And I know overachievers here, we all try and do this as entrepreneurs, but really going, okay, well, it used to be a four, now it's a five, now we're going to work at getting it a six. So some of the areas that I like to look at is the overall impact that my business is having. So this is kind of coming back to like the why for the business, like what, why am I doing this? Who am I helping? You know, are my clients getting results? Do my customers love my products? Do I feel like I my, my business is having the impact I wanted it to have? And I know there's everybody's impact is different. It might be that, you know, your, your why is that you wanted to have a lot of flexibility and freedom to spend with your family. It might be that you really want to help a certain type of person, whatever it might be, but really sort of looking at overall is the impact of my business is it doing what I want it to do? And then I like to look in at the, the type of work I'm doing. So, you know, you know, we've touched on this a lot of what you were just saying. So I'm not going to dive into this in detail, but do I actually enjoy my day-to-day -day job or actually do I want to be delegating stuff out or handing some more tasks over? And then I also like to think about the amount of work I'm doing. So am I working too much? Am I not working enough? I don't know who would ever say that, but you know, maybe you want to be working a bit more because you've got a massive project that actually you want to get over the line and you're like, actually, I prefer to work a little bit harder for three months of the year so I can completely basically not work for another three months of the year. You know, that's sort of how I like to work in my business run having lots of consistency. I'm like, we're going to sprint for it and then we are going to very slowly walk as I enjoy my holiday time. And so it's, it's figuring out what works for you. I also like to look at the way in which I'm working. So like, where am I working? Do I get to travel with work? Am I working in the same office, staring at the same wall? And actually I'm finding that just really quite boring. Or do I need to go out and find some more coffee shops? And that, that really inspires me and brings lots of creativity. And also looking at the flexibility and freedom that my business gives me. So do I have enough flexibility or actually have I created a machine that dictates my life and I actually now no longer have any flexibility because I'm at the beck and call of my clients and actually that was not the purpose of me starting a business and I want way more freedom. So really starting to, you know, think about what you want and whether your business is giving you that. And then in terms of like more personally, it's looking at, do I enjoy the challenge my business is giving me? You know, do I feel like I'm learning? Do, you do I feel like I'm growing? Do I like the people that I'm working with? Do I really love my team or actually there's something there around values and building more of a culture that I really want to work on? How do I feel about that team environment? 
And then I suppose one of the most important things is, you know, am I happy with the amount of money I'm making? At the end of the day, we do run businesses to make some money. So actually, if I'm working really hard and I'm not making the money I want and I'm not very satisfied with other things, then maybe actually my focus needs to be a little bit more on how can I get some more money for myself? You know, or it might be that actually I'm okay with the money, but I really want that flexibility. So it's really that little quick satisfaction test to just go, are there any other areas of my business or the way in which I run my business, which actually are really working for me? And I'm really going to hold that down. And no matter how I scale, I'm going to scale, but keep that flexibility. Or is there actually... I don't really care where I work, but I do want to make more money next year. So maybe it's going to, you know, where I work is going to give a little bit, but I'm really going to focus on what I need to do to help bring more revenue. I love that. I think, yeah, the the list of things you want to think about is quite personal, but I love the things that you've put there. And I also think you, you almost want a little section of quirky things I've learned about myself in the business this year. Because there's some things that are almost contradict themselves for me in terms of how I want to live my life and what I sometimes find difficult in my business. So for example, I know we see millions of coaches traveling and working and getting that all together. But in reality, this does not always work for me. And I struggle with mixing holiday with work, traveling with a busy week of calls, So there are some definite lessons that I've learned this year in terms of how I need to plan my week out for it to work properly. And actually, you know, I remember a friend saying to me, hey, we all want to go to this for this girls week to Saint-Tropez or something. Do you want to come? Well, you can always work while you're there. And I'm like, well, I'm either working or I'm on a holiday. So for me, that mixing of the two doesn't really work because I get FOMO from whichever situation I'm in. I'm either not fully concentrating on the calls that are coming up or thinking about what I want to be building in the business or I'm not fully into happy hour. You know, it has to be like one or the other. So there might be some quirky things you have learned about how you like to work in the business or that people content. Like I know that I'm really happy to work away on my own on projects for like two or three work weeks at a time. And, you know, obviously I need to go out and see people and work in coffee shops and that kind of thing. But every now and again, probably three times a year, I have a strong need to connect with other coaches and just brainstorm and network and discuss things that have gone well and moan about things that have gone badly and strategize about how I can make them better next year and just kind of know that there are other people in the same situation. So for me coming into next year, I would do well to plan that in advance. Think, okay, actually there's an amazing event that I missed last year and I would love to go to it next year because I know that that's going to give me the energy I need around that point. So yeah, thinking about what are the quirks in my business that I want to factor in for next year. And then I guess we have to take all of this information and do something with it. So it's going to be difficult, different, difficult, different for everyone But I would say the best thing to do is put it in a Word doc, you know, divide it into the different categories, highlight the bits that are definitely the things that you want to change. Maybe there's like a top five or top 10 things in there that you really want to look at. And every three months, you're then checking back in to be like, okay, what changes have I made here? Am I getting closer? And a bit like you're out of 10 score, you know, I was a six am I now a seven? What do I need to do to get to an eight? Like, how do I keep building on this score? 
And doing that is going to help us identify some patterns. So if we're thinking, okay, I said I wanted to move forward on this and we're three months on and I still haven't got anywhere, where am I sabotaging? Like, what? how am I stopping myself from doing this? What am I prioritizing instead? Like, how do I fix whatever is stopping me from fixing this? You know, you might need to go a level back. And it's also just really going to help us focus on what we want to change. You know, we've talked before about marginal gains, but it's just looking at those crunch points for you in the business and thinking, okay, how can I make that a tiny bit better this year? Like, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm just trying to improve on how I feel about this, the results I get from this, the energy levels I have in this, the connection I have with other people, one point each time. And we're just kind of checking back into it every three months. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the one thing that's really clear from this conversation is actually how unique this has to be to you and your business. And whilst we've touched on all the things we look at and kind of the the big touch points, you know, the sales, the marketing, the operations, the team, the finances, you know, the, the, the big hitters that you do need to be aware of in your business. It's as you say, it's about those quirky elements of your business and your personality and, and your dreams and your hopes and your life. And it's really thinking about for me and my little world and my little bubble, what's working, what's not working and what do I want to change and then that really just helps you put those little stepping stones in place to go okay well this is these are the lessons I'm taking into 2024 these are the things I'm going to change and maybe some of these things we're going to say adios we'll leave you in 2023 learnt my lesson learnt lots from this but actually thank you, goodbye, not happening anymore. And I think this will lead really nicely if you do this exercise before you listen to next week's episode where we're going to talk all about how to set goals for the upcoming year. But it's really having that reflection, isn't it? And holding that mirror up so we're able to move forward and say goodbye to the things that aren't working and say, yes, please, I would like more to those things that are. Thank you for listening to Scaling Simplified with me, Pip Harland. And me, Georgia Fitzgerald. If you've loved this episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We love it when you get in touch. So head to the show notes and drop us a DM or send us an email. We want to hear all about your business.